Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. How are you doing? So I am just back from an enlightening experience at Glastonbury and if you are one of the people that traveled to see me you cannot possibly know what that meant to me the effort that some of you went to um to be to be there and it was just bloody fantastic what a place Glastonbury is eh I've never been before um I don't know why because it felt like coming home and I'm definitely in that space right now of trying to acclimatize to my human existence again and finding it somewhat challenging <laughs> you need food shopping what what the lawn needs mowing who um and working through that And I really feel that some things changed for me um, in Glastonbury this week, not just uh, because of the energy of the space and being in that vibration of there's a real acceptance in Glastonbury 
of spiritual practices because it's a very spiritual place. Every shop sells a crystal. I don't think there's any there that don't. Um, but also just from the people there of live and let live and allowing. And the flip side of that is also some real uh, the interesting thing about spirituality because sometimes I think now I do so much work on my own I you know I spend most of my days in this room talking about spirit with spirit um, and I demonstrate and even when you're demonstrating that's you know a solo thing you're on the stage with the spirit world you're not um, working collaborating with other spiritual people and it was very fascinating to me to remember what most people think of when you say say to them I'm spiritual from the amazing and the weird and wonderful and also the the downright lunacy of it I mean if it works for you it works for you no judgment here but just there was some people uh, expressing themselves in crazy ways <laughs> ways that were crazy to me I'm sure they would find me crazy too and being back in that space of it ah oh, fantastic place highly recommend you go and Amanda and I are definitely wanting to return next May and uh, possibly do a workshop at the same time so that will be really really good fun so keep your eyes peeled we've got to organize lots of dates to get that one off but there we go yeah, so this week I am going to go through some of the backlog of listeners' questions and get some of them answered because I know that some of you have been waiting so patiently for so long. And obviously going forward, I'm hoping that uh, more and more of you will be texting into the school and sharing your voice notes. And because I'm all about the voice notes at the moment, I just wanted to start with a little message from Sue, who um, was really enjoying the Raise Your Vibe Meditation Week. Hi, Hannah. I just wanted to say thank you. I've just finished doing my, my seven day uh, meditations that you've run on the podcast. And I think they're absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. After a couple of nights of sleepless nights and not really wondering what was going on and then realised that how much my energy was shifting, changing, clearing. Um, it's just amazing how the spirit moved in so quickly. Um, the feelings, the heat, the energy, um, the emotions. Um, I've just finished the, the last one and the heat was unbelievable and the feeling of love and held and your guidance just wanted to say a big thank you bye Oh, thank you so much, Sue. I'm really, really glad that you enjoyed that Raise the Vibe week. I had a lot of messages from people about it. Um, it was really good, wasn't it? And of course, if you want to partake in it, there is still time. It is going on to the Mediumship Matters School on the 1st of June, but up until then will be available on the podcast for people to partake in. So please do check that out. So moving on to the backlog of questions that I have got, my first email comes from Christopher and Christopher has titled the email Divine Timing. He says, hi, Hannah. First off, I would like to say I love your past podcast and it resonates so much. 
I was listening to your recent podcast about mediums stepping away from evidential readings. I was a developing medium for a few years before COVID and doing one-to-ones, demonstrations and the odd church service when COVID hit. I stopped doing all forms of mediumship. I recently had a huge pull to go back into it. Someone asked me for a one-to-one reading and my guides told me to do it. I contemplated for a few days and then decided to, to do it. This was my first reading in approximately three years. Before the reading, I was so in the power and I find it quite easy to hold the power. The reading didn't go well at all. I could easily read the sitter psychically, but when I shifted my energy to the spirit world, it was a different story. Was it my fear? Was it the sitter's fear? Or was it the sitter expecting too much from the evidence? I contemplated all of these things and then listened to your podcast, which came at perfect timing. It made me think, why do we put so much pressure on ourselves, our lives? I have quite a cushy life and I don't need to have the emotional roller coaster of evidential mediumship. Keep doing what you're doing. It's helping so many from Chris. Well, I mean, exactly that, Chris. I think you have to have a little bit of endurance with evidential mediumship. And I know you sent me this email over three months ago. Shame. But um, its I'll be fascinated to know if you've now gone back to it a bit. Because I had weeks where I felt exactly like you feel. What am I doing this for? I could have so much of an easier life. And now... I know that no matter what that thought is, I just can't leave it alone. Now, I don't know whether that is a calling. I never really believed in callings until I started exploring this aspect of things. But I will say this, if you can find the strength in yourself to keep going, then it is worthwhile in the end. But it does take a lot of endurance and a lot of resilience and a lot of pressure um, and being used to sitting in that pressure to decide if it is right for you and if you can continue. So I don't blame people for not wanting to continue. I do think, however, that there is a dire need for good mediums and it's such a shame when we lose one and I can't help but feel that. Something really recently that has happened to me in my demonstrations is I feel like I've finally settled into it. And that has taken a lot of work. If you follow me on social media, you will know how many events I do, how many um, demonstrations I've done. And I would say it's only been in the last maybe four or five that I've really stepped into my own power. So not the power of working with spirit, but the power of of me. And there was a moment in Glastonbury on uh, Thursday where I really felt like I had the audience. But the interesting thing about that really had this just moment where I felt like everybody in that room was coming on a journey with me. Now, I've since had a bad review from somebody. So I know that not everybody in that room was coming on a journey with me, but the majority But the interesting thing about that is when I demonstrate, I split my evenings into two. So I do evidential for the first half, then there's a short interval and then I do spirit guide questions and then I answer questions about mediumship. And when I am working with spirit, 
I honestly cannot tell you when I'm working evidentially if people are enjoying it. I am so disconnected from the audience because I think you have to be to put yourself in that altered state that I can't tell you whether they're enjoying it. I can't even tell you if some of my jokes land and people laugh because I I don't know if people are laughing or not. And for whatever reason, it's not like that in the second half. When we're doing spirit guide readings, I'm much more aware of the audience. I'm much more interacting with the audience energetically than I am when I'm doing evidential. I think it's just the altered state that I find myself in when I'm doing evidential mediumship. So there's something in that as well. Um, And this, I think, for me, is why I do love platform And I understand why mediums find one-on-one reading so hard. Because when you're doing platform, if you have a non-responsive sitter who's not really giving you a lot energetically and keeps doing the, "Uh, well, yeah, I suppose, uh," and they put their hands up and they're doing the wobbly back and forth, you might be with me hand, and you say, do you understand everything I've said? And they go, well, yeah. I always know I'm not going to spend as much time with them as I am with somebody who is engaging with me energetically. When you're doing a one-on-one, you don't have that choice because if they're not engaging with you energetically, you've got to do the time that you signed up for. Now, I'm lucky in the sense that that doesn't happen to me very often now, I think, because I've priced myself out of the market for people that are mere about about my work um so and long may that continue because I can tell you now it was hell you're three minutes into a reading and you feel like you've been doing it for ages and you look at the clock and now you've got another 40 and you're calcifying some internal organ you feel like your liver's just going to fall out your body because you can't take the pain of it been there but if you can find it in yourself Chris to keep going, to keep evolving, to not stop, to not letting that hold you back, then I hope that one day you will be grateful. But equally, I understand if for you, that is it. Because I wouldn't blame you, because it is hard, it is difficult, and there's so many variables. And even now, when I go out on stage, it It's such an unknown. We've had audiences that have come in on the evening and we have thought, wow, this audience is going to be amazing. This is going to be a great night. And it's been shite. (laughs) And then we've had audiences that have come in that have seemed really still and stayed and stuck. And it's got the energy of a funeral home viewing. And you think, oh, God, bloody hell, tonight's going to be a long one. And then they've warmed up beautifully. So there is no rhyme or reason. It just either works or it doesn't and you have to you have to allow yourself that if you want to do mediumship good luck Chris um I hope you carry on I hope that helps Chris I'm not sure if it does (laughs) but you know I witted you through an answer didn't I Right, I've also got an email from beautiful Eleanor, who I have been working with this year. And uh, this one goes back to January. Whoops. And Eleanor says, Hi, Hannah. I recently listened to your podcast, Episode 8, Season 3, Settling for Less. You ask, perhaps rhetorically, why we tend to do just that. But I figured I'd give you my take on it so far. 
If I'm not receiving the service that should be expected and instead say, it's great, thank you, and just take it, it's because it's so much less painful than the alternative. Here's my line of effed up thinking. Subconsciously, I believe I wouldn't be able to do a better job if I was in a similar position. Because let's face it, sometimes in my past, I have done shoddy work. So who am I to throw stones in a glass house? Who am I to judge this person who absolutely, I'm sure of it, has the best intentions and is working their hardest and just really wants to do a good job? And for me, it's so desperate to have someone say they're proud of me and I'm doing a great job and to get anything but praise feels like failure. If I want to treat others the way I want to be treated and I am desperate for validation and have a fragile sense of self-worth, why would I ever say anything that could be painful and damage their self-worth and confidence? Being an empath, the idea of having caused pain and suffering to another person is more painful than just taking the shit and saying, it's great, thank you. So ultimately, I think it's a protective mechanism that makes a lot of sense. Here's where I think this comes from. Holding someone else to a standard means that I am then responsible for holding that same standard for myself. The problem is that standard for myself is perfection. And if in the past I wasn't able to be perfect, why should I expect perfection from someone else? I think this comes from growing up where I rarely felt good enough. I had to achieve perfection to receive praise, which makes perceived failures that much more painful. So there's a fear of inflicting this pain on others. The consequence is that the pendulum has swung in the opposite direction to where I haven't learned how to set and abide by reasonable expectations of others, because honestly, I don't have reasonable expectations for myself. And hence why I love your podcast, because you talk so rawly without any edits about the shame, anger and sadness that comes from those nights when it didn't go perfectly. And then how you've seems to me that you're not afraid to hold high standards for yourself because you're no longer requiring perfection of yourself or others. So maybe that's why you're more comfortable on calling out the bullshit. Your podcasts are like medicine for me, even if I refuse to take the medicine sometimes. Ha ha. Thank you. Eleanor, a formerly in denial and recovering people pleaser. I do hear you, Eleanor. I really, really do. It is such a challenge to be in this space. And I think for a long time with me, um, I was, I, I didn't quite, I have the people pleasing and the expectation of 100% perfection from myself and I've had to kind of reconcile that within myself. Mediumship has pushed me so hard in reconciling that within myself. But what is interesting for me is I would expect perfection from myself and way less from others. I find it much easier to hold a space for others that is way lower and be overly grateful for the crumbs from their table. And yet still, I wasn't even getting half decent crumbs, which I think is what started off settling for less. So I love your perspective on it. And I'm sure that's going to resonate with a lot of listeners. It is such a quagmire of energy. It is so interesting how we all 
experience the same but different parts of the same and actually I do think that some of this is very necessary on a mediumship journey this is what you're called to do when you step up to work for spirit we think by uh, by following the calling and stepping up for spirit that it's going to make things easier somehow or more comfortable and it is the path of discomfort it is the path of looking at your difficulties the bits you don't like about yourself your boundaries and working through that and I definitely think for me um, the journey that I've been on with demonstrating and doing readings although painful has really helped me with that so as I just mentioned um, I got my first properly bad review now I've had a bad review before even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. For, in absolute honesty, hey Mandy, love and light Mandy, um, where Mandy was sort of slating me all over social media and I left it on social media. I left her on there with her bad comments because I don't want to be disingenuous. You know, you can't be the medium for everybody. And I think I spoke about that on here. I had to ban her in the end because she was getting out of hand. <laughs> but you know, say la vie, love and light. Um, at Glastonbury, there was a very interesting thing that happened with some members of the audience where they really came with an entitlement of wanting one-on-one, -on -one, wanting one-on-one -on -one attention, wanting one-on-one -on -one focus, wanting a one-on-one -on -one reading in an audience setting. And this manifested in various ways in different audience members. And I have to say, Glastonbury in particular seemed to be a particular audience with this vibe. And it was interesting for me to watch the difference in my approach to it because evidential mediumship costs an awful lot in energy and I have to prepare uh, my energy before I work. Now I like to be able to be there when people are coming in and say hello to people who want to meet me and listen to the podcast and and people that I know from online and things like that so I don't want to be hiding out the back at events and only walking onto the stage as it starts. But I think um, ultimately that's where I'm going to have to go because when you're out there, you get uh, people who don't just want to say hello and have a photo and, and, and chat to you. You get people that want a pre-reading. 
you get people that want to ask how it works. Now, at Ipswich, funnily enough, one of the members of staff who worked behind the bar started asking me, have, have you always known you could be a medium? And how did you know? And how does it work for you? And I just didn't have the energy and the capacity to give them what they wanted um, as a lesson before I went on stage to demonstrate mediumship to 170 odd people. And it was the same at Glastonbury. Um, there was a lady that turned up, um, wanted an awful lot of attention. Um, and I gave her some to begin with. I gave her all I was capable of giving because it wasn't reciprocated. So some of you I will have had quite a long chat with when you were arriving at Glastonbury. And that's because it was an energetic exchange. With this lady in particular, it was an energetic take. There was nothing coming back. She arrived with her dog. She spent a long time explaining to Amanda how she'd got her assistant dog badge, lanyard, off Amazon. <laughs> and so she was allowed to bring her dog in because she'd paid for a assistant's dog badge off Amazon and her dog this little pug really struggled with the stairs it was going up and down the stairs she was coming in and out and she kept trying to overly engage with me and in the end I was turning away from her and I know that that upset her because that's not what she wanted she wanted my energy and of course she has left me a bad review on Google but it kind of makes me laugh because I, I know who she is there was over a hundred people at that gig um, if, there, if there was somebody else in that audience who left me a bad review I probably wouldn't know who they were but I knew who she was because she had been so determined in her approach to steal energy from me. Now, what's this got to do with what you said, Eleanor? I'm not really sure anymore. <laughs> I've been interrupted loads. I'm in a noisy house today. I have to keep pausing and restarting. But I think it is that people pleasing. And mediumship for me really has been the undoing of my people pleasing and the understanding that I could have given that lady the energy that she wanted but then I wouldn't have done such a good job for the spirits that came through and communicated with me and an acceptance of that an acceptance that I can't be all things to all people and yet the perfectionism thing I have to work on I have to talk myself off a ledge every time I demonstrate was that good enough did people like it um, and it's really wonderful, actually, when I have a night like Glastonbury, where I had that moment with the audience and I knew that they were enjoying it because I held on to that. And I've learned to milk those moments where I actually allow myself to feel proud. Um, I've learned to milk those moments wholeheartedly and not just worry about the bit where perhaps I got a name wrong or something like that. And as I'm always saying to you guys, a no is not always a no. And I cannot say that enough I have had readings recently where people have said no or they don't understand in the moment and have messaged me afterwards and said oh my goodness the pennies just dropped you were exactly right and that's a normal part of mediumship which is what makes it such a trigger for a perfectionist because even if you are right you are still going to get no's in the moment even if you do a brilliant demonstration where everybody's laughing their heads off and you've had a fan-bloody-tastic time, you're still going to get a bad review because no matter what you give, it's not enough for some people. And that is the rub. That's the challenge with it. And we have to try and find our, our space within that. So I don't know if that helps at all, Eleanor, to be honest, but that is my answer to your email. And thank you. Thank you for sharing with such a open heart your take on it. 
because that is so lovely for everybody else that is listening. Okay, next question comes from Chris. Hi, Hannah. I am a listener and trainee from Germany, and I want to thank you for your podcast. You opened and open my senses again and again. You talk about all these themes with ease and a great humour. My deepest respect. What I would like to know is, what is your opinion about a doorkeeper? Does there really exist a spiritual guide who is more special than all the other ones with the duty of keeping all bad away from me and to help me with better, clearer contact with spirit? Is it important to connect with him first? I hope you don't laugh about my silly question. Somehow it sets me under pressure. Thank you for every little step you share with the rest of us. It helps so much. Chris. Um, not in my experience, Chris, in absolute honesty. Um, now, recently, my understanding of guides, of guides has changed and evolved. And I'm sure I shared it with you all, but I'm going to say it to you again anyway. So I used to believe in individual guides like teachers that came in to work with us to teach us certain things. And then that shifted to just communicating with source. So I may well within that be connecting with a doorkeeper, but that just sounds incredibly human to me that we've given one a a title. It's almost like we want to push ourselves into the hierarchy we want to push spirit into a hierarchy like we have on earth because on earth we have chiefs and we have bosses and we have leaders and we have people that put themselves above others so if we've got people that are above others here we really should have people that put themselves above others in spirit world and almost like we can work towards that maybe in my next life I'll be a doorkeeper because I'm so super spiritual when I'm here don't you know so not in my understanding of spirit but As I started communicating with source and the oneness and spirit started showing to me that there is no separation in the spirit world. We are all one. We are all just this energy together. Then I started thinking about my higher self. And then I started to get the idea that my higher self is my guide too. Because as humans, we are so disempowered, aren't we? We can imagine a spirit guide helping us, but not that that spirit guide would be us. Because it's much more comfortable to imagine uh, a separate entity that is better than accepting that we too are as good as the best spirit in the spirit world because there is no separation. There is also, Amanda and I were talking about ascension when we were in Glastonbury. And I actually wonder if there is such a thing as ascending. Because if there's no time in spirit then how can you possibly ascend so you don't reincarnate? Because if there is only now, then you are reincarnating and existing in spirit at the same time. So what is an ascension? And then then I just lose my mind a little bit. So trying to stick to your topic, um, Chris, um, I don't think you need to worry. I think you should communicate with whatever version of spirit feels most comfortable to you and most accessible to you because they don't mind. They will communicate and work with you regardless. So finding um, 
any connection is what you should nurture and you don't need to worry because it will evolve naturally. When I was working with my first guide, Mirani, who I perceived as an individual, she brought love energy. She was very comforting because that's exactly what I needed, having not allowed myself to to receive love my entire life because of not feeling good enough. I'd pushed it away. And so when I got that love, it was amazing. And that's all I needed for several months And then all of a sudden, Sophia came in. And when Sophia came in, she felt very cold, very stern. I thought she was angry with me. And then I realised she wasn't at all, but she was trying to show me that I was communicating with a different spirit guide, I think different aspect, and that it was not just sitting and floating around in the ether of love, but actually it's time to work now. Um, And then I had a male guide because the male energy felt very different to me. And then I had a guide that was a fox because that energy felt very different to me. And I think in that spirit, we're trying to just get me to open up past my own limitations. So, Chris, don't worry about a doorkeeper. If there is one, there is one. And they're doing all the work for all of us anyway. Um, And you don't need to worry about bad being kept away from you in my opinion because spirit know what we need in our vibrational space when it's time for us to work and they will guide you to that just like they guided me not in a horrible way they weren't there going turn your back on on this lady she's an energy sucker in Glastonbury but they were like I was fully aware that if I if I indulged her, she would take and take and take until there was nothing left. So I had to put that hard barrier in. So again, they will do the work without you even needing to ask them to, as long as you just trust your gut and move into that space. And I think this for me is one of those things that people say to make themselves sound a bit more spiritual or a bit more learned. Oh, have you heard of a doorkeeper guide? Have you met your doorkeeper guide? No, you've just worked with standard guides. Oh, well, you've got some work ahead here. But actually, a guide is a guide is a guide because it is the oneness. And I just communicate with source. So I hope that that helps you. Okie dokes. So I have got one more question I'm going to go with. And this comes from Julie. I'm catching up on your podcast at the moment. That's all right, Julie. I'm catching up on my questions. And I've just listened to the psychic frequency episode and was wondering if you can explain if all the colours have different meanings. And if so, what do they mean? I'm right at the beginning of learning mediumship journey. And when I was younger, I had some very profound experiences with spirit and saw two on a regular basis for months, which at the time scared me a lot. So much so that I brought a priest in to bless my house, which worked and I never experienced it again. I also lost a baby daughter who after used to set off toys in the middle of the night in her sister's room and I used to smell her all the time. My question is, because I was scared and sent them away, I now cannot see spirits. Will they not come back again? Will this make my learning more difficult as I feel ready to feel their energy again? Sorry for waffling on and hope this makes sense. Thanks so much for your podcast. It really helped me and I love how relatable you are. Love and light, Julie. Okay, Julie, let's work through this one in stages. So the colours, in my opinion, they mean what they mean to you in the moment. 
as humans, we are always looking for like the code of spirit. But I think you're much better to be in the moment with spirit. So sometimes you can feel red and red feels like anger and unresolved trauma and things that need to be let go of. And sometimes you can feel red and it's warm and glowing and it's this feeling of support and kindness and peace. So feel into the colours and meet them all afresh every time you work. It will make such a difference. And um, I'm so sorry that spirit scared you. And um, I completely understand that when you're having those kind of profound experiences. I believe that um, those kind of profound experiences are rare when you are physically seeing spirit. And I think they are there to serve a purpose. They help to open you up to the presence of the spirit world. We get people that have very profound physical mediumship experiences when spirit are trying to warn them or when spirit are trying to let them know that something happened. Um, I don't know if any of you listen to the Uncanny podcast, but in the Uncanny podcast, there is a uh, guy, my family's poltergeist, and they are haunted. It's a really great uh, ghost story. If you listen to it, look it up. Let me know what you think. But in that uh, podcast, there is a poltergeist moving things in their house. Now, I have no doubt that that is what happened in that house. I absolutely believe it. But the poltergeist keeps moving a mirror. And that mirror, I think, is the poltergeist trying to get them to understand the message. And in it, spoiler alert, Oh, I don't know if I want to spoiler it for you, but I'm going to have to to make sense of my point. The mother ends up having a brain tumour. And so I think that the poltergeist in that story is actually trying to get their attention and it's spirit working because when it was her mirror and it kept moving so they would look and see their faces in it. And I think that was spirit trying to say, the problem is with you. You need to pay attention to you. There's something going on with you and trying to get a warning to that family. So I think your daughter, for example, was letting you know that she was still around and she is still around, but they won't bring that same physicality every time that you communicate with them. So it's not that you're being punished because you ask them to go away because spirit don't hold on to anything like that. It is purely that your relationship with spirit is different. And that probably would have happened naturally if you hadn't got the priest around to bless the house and change things. Because when I first started working with spirit, I can remember how physical and transformational and mind-blowing some of these experiences were. But I also now know that... Um, I've kind of acclimatised to it, but also they don't bring out that kind of stuff forever. You have to learn to trust in the naturalness and the subtlety of it. So you've done nothing wrong, Julie, um, and it won't make your learning more difficult. It might change. You might need to change your expectation of how you perceive and receive spirit, but you have done nothing wrong and they are still with you because no matter how much we ask them to go away, they can't. We're with them. They're there. Um, so they might change their approach to you because you don't like it, but they don't actually go away, away because there's nowhere else for them to go. I hope that helps. So guys, another week, another episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If this has brought up questions for you, um, if you're feeling brave, I would love you to voice note it to the, email, uh, the 
WhatsApp address in the show notes. And if uh, you're not feeling brave, you can email podcast at hannahmedium.co.uk and I will catch up with you all again soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.